Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What's happening, everybody? It's another episode of Cannabis Legalization News. There was something going around the internet this week about how the DEA says that Delta-8 THC is Schedule One substance. Well, far be it from the DEA agency to um, give you legal conclusions. Who can give you a legal conclusion? We will get to that with our lead story. But here's the news roundup for what happened in Cannabis Legalization News for the week that was August 20th, 2023. So we do have the Delta H uh, thing. And then we have a medical marijuana company also slamming the DA for not the DEA, not the DA, for not being able to get a cannabis license or research permit to be able to do any type of beneficial research. We have some more lawsuits in, uh, oh, this one's in Connecticut. Look for lawsuits in Maryland once that happens application window opens. Uh, Ohio is going to legalize it. Uh, healthcare premiums go down after you legalize it. Minnesota marijuana regulators have a roadmap for their uh, legalization implementation. Uh, there is going to be a Poseidon cannabis ETF to shut down. That's too bad. Nice guys. We have a name that strain. Uh, cannabis firm Tilray is buying eight Anheuser-Busch brewery brands for $85 million. Uh, they also, nope, Tillery might have been the one that also 86 their uh, social equity program. Then we have some more cannabis news that we will get to. So let's get into cannabis legalization news for this week. And of course, joining us is Miggy from an undisclosed location in Seattle. How's it going, dude? Hello from the land of technical difficulties. 
Oh, you're coming in really fine, actually. The uh, good uh, quality stuff that's coming in right there. So yeah, nice. Uh, hey, if you guys are joining us for the first time, don't forget to you know give us a like, uh, give us a comment as well, or leave it in the live yes. chat. We've been having some decent videos that have gone on. Uh, one of them was about uh, hemp and the line with THC. That one's doing well. And another one about the unconstitutionality of cannabis, which I guess we're kind of getting to right now as it's, we have a legally... Um, lead story and it has to do with delta eight and it also has to do with hemp but uh this one's out of the ganjapreneur from this week uh, and like i said it was going around this is august 16th and so a recently revealed letter confirms that the u.s dea that's the drug enforcement administration considers delta THC to, that was synthesized from hemp derived cbd uh, to be a uh, federally illegal a schedule one substance and uh booze is the guy's name which is hilarious that terrence yeah. booze like you know it, is it in support of the alcohol industry or is it just that people like to boo him? I don't know. Uh, here is what he had quoted. Arriving at a Delta ATHC by a chemical reaction starting from CBD makes the Delta ATHC synthetic and therefore not exempt under the Agricultural Improvement Acts. Any quantity of Delta ATHC obtained by chemical, chemical means is a controlled substance, according to him. And then a letter that we can also dig into later. But do you understand... Um, what a legal opinion is or what a legal conclusion is as like a term of how it is to be a lawyer. Well, cause I do, uh, many people don't, yeah. But in like memos and, and things like that are still like legal precedents, right? This is what these no, guys- Absolutely not. At. It is not a legal precedent at all. And so that's okay. really the most important thing that it's not a legal precedent. And then this, this guy on Substack and it's uh, this dude named Shane Pennington, who also is a lawyer, by the way. Um, he's been a lawyer at several uh, cannabis law firms, including formerly known as Vincente Cedarberg, now known as Vincente. Mm. They're decent people. And, um, you know, don't forget to visit the people that aren't Vincente over at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. Uh, anyway, let's let's kind of dig into what he had to say about this uh, on, on this. And so he just kind of like copy and paste and, and right over there, they want you to subscribe. Uh, this is just an email from August 13th, 2021. Uh, and so this is the other like uh, messed up thing. This is just a, a hype piece. This isn't real. Mm. Uh, at all because like this came out on uh, August 11th 2023 it's like somebody trying to get attention because this email is from August 13th 2021 and then do you gotcha. know what came out between um, August 13th of two years ago and uh, now wasn't there a revised hemp bill no there has not been a revised oh. hemp bill since 2018 okay yeah, I don't know. nope the hemp bill has not been revised but uh court precedent has and so like okay. it's just a little disingenuous and like i've seen this going around like on you know the strange show shout out to strange show they have way more subscribers than us um and <laughs> it, yeah they do they do but like it, you know it, okay a legal conclusion is something that i lack the capacity to do uh, even as a lawyer i can't give you a legal conclusion i can give you a legal opinion uh, as yeah. a layperson, Miggy, you can't even give a legal opinion because then you might get, especially if you charge for that legal opinion, that mm. is what we call a UPL, an unlicensed practice of law. Yeah. So don't do that. Don't don't give legal opinions for a fee. So you're saying uh, I can't ask you if you're a cop? No, that's not a legal opinion. That is a statement of fact. And so like um, <laughs> the statement of facts is different than a legal opinion. And But then a legal opinion is like, if I was going to give a legal opinion as to whether or not I think that Delta ATHC synthesized from CBD rich hemp is hemp or if it is a schedule one substance. Uh, now that is something that I can give, but I cannot give a legal conclusion. That legal conclusion mm -hmm. is only something that a judge can give. And a judge gave a legal conclusion regarding the legality of Delta ATHC in or around. Let's see here. Let's zoom in on that. So we'll just kind of shrink ourselves down. There it is. This is Z case. Um, and I could try to zoom in. I don't want to hang up. But this was on uh, March 18th of 2022 and filed on May 19th, 2022. That is the AK Futures LLC versus Boyd Street Distro LLC out of the United States Court of Appeals, Ninth Circuit. That is a federal circuit that is right below the Supreme Court. So Damn. that district court. So like, you know, there's three courts. It's a limited jurisdiction in federal. So you have the Supremes and then you have the districts and then you have the circuits. Uh, and, and so this one is out of the ninth, the ninth circuit, which of course is on 
the West Coast. Um, Isn't it kind of yeah. weird that also you would think, like like you said, that it's kind of a nothing burger when it comes to the article itself because, uh, you know, they've been trying to find cannabinoids this whole time, synthetic versus non-synthetic, and uh, uh, we've already divided, like, hemp versus marijuana, right? That's already been established. So now... Mm-hmm. Shouldn't like anything so now grown on we it. have cases like this. Yeah. So cases like this need to come out to then say what it means to be hemp. And then this one did that. This case is not about a bust. This case is not about the DEA kicking your door down. This case is about one company stealing from another company, specifically stealing its trademarks. And so mm. those trademarks had to do with Delta 8 vapes. And the defense was, this Delta 8 vape cannot be trademarked. It's a federally illegal substance. Uh, and this, uh, this Ninth Circuit said, oh, no, it is not. And they, you know what they, they used? They used the plain meaning of the definition of hemp. hemp. Mm. Let's see, it's used 35 times. That's if they, where is the definition of it? Aha, aha, ah, there. This is the <laughs> operative definition currently of hemp. It will change you know, by, maybe by the end of the year. Uh, so they they pass this. They, they cite the law because hemp and marijuana are different varietals of the same plant. Uh, the Farm Act and the concentration of Delta 9 set a threshold distinguishing the two. Uh, as defined by the act, hemp includes any part of the plant and all derivatives, extracts and cannabinoids. So if you derive it, extract or cannabinoid it. And then, of course, there's also isomers, salts of isomers. So it, it really is not supposed to mean you take it out, you squeeze it like it's orange juice. I mean, it's isomers, <laughs> salts of isomers, derivatives, all cannabinoids, all cannabinoids. Sure. And, and so if it came out of the hemp plant, it's not, you know, weed. And, and they granted uh, trademark protections, which you cannot get. So like our, our, um, we just won a cannabis dispensary license. We'll give like an update on that. We can't get trademark protection for that dispensary or right. you can't get trademark protection for your marijuana brand. You know, so there's there's edges around it and loopholes that we can use to get trademarks, but you can't get it for that brand. You can if you're Delta THC. That's what that case says. Oh wow, okay. But is that also going to be applied to then CBD and all the other cannabinoids if if that's the yes, case? Yes, the definition of hemp. Like the only yeah. the only thing that they say is marijuana is Delta 9 THC. So that's one of the reasons why I think the definition of hemp will change the total THC. Fixes the Which problem. All, Not all of them. Yeah. But, you know. Well, I, I just, oh, and again, that's such an arbitrary bullshit number thing that divides, defines this plant, defines if you're a law-abiding citizen or not. Just the dumbest semantic, you know? Yeah. Uh, a line in the sand that was made up in the 70s for no good reason at all. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, so a, a nothing burger, right? Uh, not only a nothing burger, but like an attention grab, like something that you Clickbait. said simply to get attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the internet, I get it. I, yeah, dude, I just did like <laughs> a, a video where I crib notes from Clarence Thomas's like standing akimbo case from two years ago to support the uh, rational basis of visceration of the federal cannabis laws. Yeah. Got some yeah. views, though. Got some. You got to check that out. If you haven't checked it out yet, you should, by the way. Well, that's why we're here, right? I mean, it's this legal process that it's not the process you thought it was going to be when you were 18 selling weed out of the trunk of a car. It's, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to sell weed when it's legal, man. Oh, shit. No, you got to get a license first. Then you got to find some mm-hmm. investment. And then you got to find property. I mean, well, sometimes that's... you have to find the property before you get the license or the investment. And so like, yeah. there's just so many different, uh, so many different ways that they legalize this plant it, because yeah. like, there's no rule. There's no federal rule. One day there'll be a federal rule and our dispensary will need another license, I bet, from the federal government. Oh, uh, but that ain't exist yet. Well, and that's why I, I, I think like, uh, you know, these Social equity rounds are kind of nice. It's giving more people a chance, like me, whoever's going to, you know, hopefully you, you don't get wrong by the, the business partner or whatever. But, you know, uh, like you said, it's been individually legalized in each state. So uh, it's still not a fair way 
of doing things. But once it does, we'll we'll just be another check mark that we have to yeah. It, apply but to. it forces it forces uh, somebody who was hurt by, from the prohibition to get money. And so it's a method yeah. to get money. Like you're going to get money now because you were wronged by the the federal laws or all the state laws because you were arrested in you know California and Wyoming, but you were yeah. arrested for cannabis, like you know joints. You don't go back to Wyoming no more. Um, and so like that, that wrong is now going to get you money. Well, what's funny too is you. Uh, uh, I mean, that wrong the original ones in California. Changed my whole career with the military. Like, yeah, uh, I was a, eligible. You lie to the military that you only used it three times. Well, not just that, but because I got in trouble during uh, probation or whatever. But uh, uh, the military was going to give me $10,000 plus this like advanced computer school and all these like bonuses because I, I passed, did really well on the ASVAB test. But uh, once they, once you got, once I got my uh, uh, waiver, uh, that that wasn't gonna happen no more, and uh, I still got lucky. I did electronics, so still did what I wanted to do, but could have been different. Could have been different. Uh, could have, would have, should have. Speaking of other lawsuits that are plaguing the cannabis industry, we have a story out of Connecticut. Let's uh, riff on this for five minutes before it's twenty past the hour in Connecticut, by the way. Uh, and so this one's out of the Gontrepreneur. We want to give a big shout out to TJ Brandfault. We should try to have him back on the podcast. He was one of our first guests and he is still writing the noise over there at the Gontrepreneur.com. I like how yeah. they do their stuff because they have a wonderful quote that you can always go to to get from uh, the people that are involved in the story. And so, and here it is. And this is Hertz, which is attorney David Hertz. And I'm not going to say that this this argument that he has lacks merit. I am going to say I'm not sure if it will be pervasive, uh, prevail because my legal opinion is not the one that counts. It's the judges. Uh, it is therefore unconstitutional and cannot be relied upon by the city of Stanford or its zoning board to permit the illegal enterprise that is every cannabis business. He wrote in the complaint uh, via the Connecticut News Junkie. So they are seeking an injunction to ban cannabis because it is preempted by the Federal Controlled Substances Act. So I am not licensed in uh, Connecticut, but I would like to get Pro Hache VJ status to A, collect on a debt, and then also uh, B, uh, to implead into this on behalf of that license holder to say that, oh no, um, actually the federal prohibition is unconstitutional at federal law and uh, it should get out of the way. But they are saying that they can't have their cannabis licenses or industry because it violates not only uh, the United States Constitution, but also Connecticut's, one of yeah. which is the social equity aspect of it. And so they call it a scheme impermissibly selected based on race, wow. and therefore it violates the equal protection provision of the state and also federal constitution. Uh, I've brought those claims before. Not in Connecticut. But, I'm not licensed there. But the race thing, though, I mean, like, there's no actual uh, round that says race. And, you know, that's not that's just a blatant lie. I mean, I mean, they try and uh, shape it around. Right. And so, like, Maryland actually says if you went to uh, a, a university that gets a specific amount of Pell Grants and the only ones mm. that do are the HBCUs. Um, so that's, like, really closer to the line. But it's they aren't saying race. And so that's the same thing in Connecticut. They don't say race. Ohio yeah. did. It's hilarious. They got immediately struck down. It's like they didn't even want it. And so they just said, well, if you're Asian or black, <laughs> all these things that it got thrown out. If you ain't white. But if uh... pretty much. Yeah. And it's like, well, Ohio must have because like oh, unconstitutional laws happen way too often for them to be accidents. Like the mm. legislature kind of knows what it's doing. You get a yeah. law in the books, unconstitutional or not, it'll be there for decades. True, true. I mean, that's just the, the unfortunate part of like even the process. Like we, we've won what four months ago. Now we've had this. Uh, we won our equity license. It's just the process. We, Everything weeks. We won it yeah. on, uh, randomly on a Thursday on July thirteenth, where I thought that somebody was you know, goofing me. But no, they were not goofing us. And uh, that's something we'll talk about after it's 20 past the hour, our status on that. We're pretty good. And so um, 
when next week tune in well if if Niggy's able to uh if not i'll have josh tune in we'll go over the financial deck i can't wait can't wait to go over financials so sexy financial decks yeah we have a, a great guy <laughs> that does that but you know um anyway uh, this is trying to invalidate connecticut's law based on violating uh, the federal law, and then also uh, based on the Equal Protection Clause oh, wait, wait. and say that you're not allowed to discriminate against people's races. That was Connecticut, wonderful place to have a license, perhaps. it's Having a license is not a, like, it's not like just a pathway to money. You know, you don't right. get a license and it's like super money. Woo! Well, is Connecticut the one or is it New Hampshire that just like changed their trademark laws? Like they were trying to... Uh uh one of those guys because it's always funny how each individual state is always trying to protect the the consumer or whatever they're they're trying to do because one of these states recently said that you can use uh legacy names that, but they couldn't do it before really? oh that's that time it's 20 past the hour everybody so uh if you are on the east coast whether it's new york new jersey or connecticut smoke them if you got them i know yeah, we were It was longer. I love that, that medicinal nice. use. Medicinal use is nice. It's all legal use. Oh, yeah. You know, um, our medicinal, I got the email that says, don't forget to renew. Ours are good for three years here in Illinois. It's a nice thing. But I have to actually get my picture retaken. Oh, neat. Which I thought was interesting. And you have to renew your uh, recommendation, your certification every three years as well. And so this is the first time since 17 that I had to do it because it happened in 20 when I was supposed to renew my first time, but because of COVID, they said, eh, don't worry about it. Yeah, crazy. They just won't let you do it again. Like just, you know, it seems like now we want you to come indoors. Like just, why can't we just renew it like I did last time? That's, that sucks, dude. I don't know, man. I really don't. I'm just gonna try to get down here and let's talk a little bit. Oh no, yeah, that's, next that is the, that's a bad link. It's not a bad link, but it's a link that is not going to be discussed. And so it just didn't work how we wanted it to. I'll have to reevaluate that. But links, they work until they don't. Anyway, this is uh, one of the ways that we do our stuff. And so we use Google. We run the company over there at Collateral Base on Google. And so if you do want some of that, head on over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. Uh, Miggy and I have our conditional stuff for that uh, license ready to go and all organized in there of course you're not going to see it but um nor have access to it miggy does i do what? and then uh we will we're, we're uploading it to the system and then we will email the uh idpfr tomorrow and they'll review it so we are supposed to be done by august 20th we are early that is a good a good thing to remember if you are getting into the cannabis industry get your paperwork done and get it done early always Always, always that way. Paperwork done. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, and this is so fun going through the experience with you because, like, I want to make sure because you being a lawyer, I'm like, well, what else I need to sign? Just, just let me know what I need to do, you know, because uh, uh, it's not that oh, no. easy. Of a we process. have some proxies for you to sign and some other stuff. Yeah, uh, but um, we're gonna get you taken care of, and then it's uh, it will form a blueprint for a little something called socialequityincubator.com. That we are going to be li uh, launching, and I will not be featured very prominently in it because I am just not the right vehicle for that. But then um, it's an interesting thing, the social equity um, licenses, in the sense that you and then in the limited market states and then the highly yeah. regulated nature. And so you take all the licenses that cost millions of dollars to operate and have millions of dollars of cash flow and highly like they, they require a lot of compliance for security and other aspects. And then you give all those licenses to people that have never operated like that, nor have the connections to access the resources, nor have ever done like a discounted cash flow analysis. Like it's, it's well, the neat, but then like, um, that's why there's like an 80 plus failure rate for all social equity licenses. Yeah. But the resource thing, I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Like on this last round of an incubator where uh, my one friend was scared to join in just because contracts. But really what we have, what you have to offer is, you know, we're trying to give someone an opportunity to win a license, depending on what round or thing is coming up, right? Alabama's coming up right. next, right? 
they don't if do they, it. And so like it, it has to be, it has, yeah. and then it was interesting. We, I just uh, did some bits and tech, check out this. We're going to have some more stuff coming on the, the channel over here at CLN. So if you're from Maryland, you know, smash that like, tune in, uh, as they're going to have a round, but it's their first adult use round. So those are usually a little wonky, let's call them. But they had, uh, they have an $80 million purse for social equity applicants to get them uh, operational, but they actually had a social equity uh, licensing for medical a couple of years back, like back when COVID hit and none of them were operational, none. And so they get to apply oh, sure. for that pile of money first. And then, so they're gonna give out another 80 licenses and they're just paying for the ones they gave out three years ago. So they, that what? failure to launch usually happens when you don't have that team in place. Yeah. Well, there's a, a, a recent article I read where they're planning on 80% failure rate in some of these uh, new states, you know? And the thing is, resources be number one, but also like, um, like, like we're saying with the opportunity. My one friend was scared, but my brother, who I really hope if he wins, that'd be dope. Because all of a sudden you're going to get a chunk of change and, and, and then... It's not so much the the actual business because someone else will be doing the, the big part, right? From the incubator, that's why you have everybody has a role, right? Like, right. You be the license also, winning. The the absentee owner is a normal thing in the industry because of how yeah. the capital requirements have worked. But not only that, like, um, having equity is not having a job, uh, and so like if you own person percentages of companies. Very often you own it, you may sit on the board, you may give them like advice, but you don't tell exactly how them to do it. Right. Now you could be a creditor as well. And so like you get experience in all of these aspects. And so there's people that are going to be helping manage the company. There's going to be people that are going to be helping, uh, you know, manage the IP. There's going to be people that are going to be helping manage the debt. Uh, it's a, it's a fucking enterprise, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And that's the other thing too, is because then you have big people who sort of supposed of like that recent uh what is it truly but it's not truly but i think it's a component of them Tilray. whoever the investors no or tilray but it wasn't it was like name of a, a different like tilted inc or something like that joint who just dropped all the equity brands which you, you know that to the the slack channel earlier today didn't yeah you? it's in the mj biz daily article yeah. uh but tilt uh, they, uh, tilt that's they're it called, they're called tilt are they a subsidy of one of the bigger brands like a curly like, uh, I, mean, I don't know and so like that's the other thing with uh these brands they are intrastate in the sense that it's very difficult for them to exert interstate commerce even though some of these brands do uh, and i'm not sure about this tilt uh, but they have yanked their social equity brands and uh tilt holdings phoenix-based diversified cannabis company uh, they've, they've yanked them, but I don't see where Tilt says it's a subsidiary of. Because the only reason why I say it is because I thought articles with the the, he the Heisman brand involved Tilray. I thought one of them was the ones that were promoting it, uh, you know, which if you just got dropped. But that's what it says. Tilt it says in doing yeah. so, we realized Her Highness and Heisman are not the right fit. And so. But it's Tilt's interim CVO. I'm not sure if Tilray is actually a uh, parent company, perhaps. I don't know. It's all speculation. <laughs> well, it's all cash flows. That's really what it is, man. It's all cash flows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is all so allegedly. Sure what... we're, just, we're just trying to throw some things out there. Right. Right. Who's the parent? parent we should like, end every show with like, and so it was all alleged. No, 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 do that. Juniper Research. Okay, that doesn't that 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 doesn't sound anything. That sounds like it's a software company. No, but if you type right, in well, uh, Heisman, a different one that looks like weed. If you type in uh, Ricky Williams Heisman, you'll find a bunch of articles announcing partnership with him for that brand. So that's why I assume uh, the Tilted is part of somebody else that's bigger. I don't know, man. I'm just saying that. Um... Tilt is what it says right here. And then there's Toast, CEO, founder. Maybe mm -hmm. some of it is just raising money for nothing. Uh, really? Let's see. No, it's say Tilt is brands in cannabis, 37 dispos, as well as in Canada, Israel, South America, and EU. Uh, and then, of course, the Juniper Research LLC is a wholly owned sub of uh, Commonwealth Alternative Care, 
Scheinbach headquarters. I have no idea who they own, who owns them, man. No idea. Nah, just, just uh, anyways. I mean, that's so just the whole. Many subs. But with the equity thing, the like whole said, equity. Like this industry gets fucking corporate heavy quick. That's just yeah. thirty-seven dispensaries, like. And we are again, like remember, this was a statistic from last month in Illinois, $140 million, 136 dispensaries. And so if you own like 36 of those, that's like $36 million a month. That's some cash flow, bro. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and I know we can, we can make it happen. It'll be just about what we get back. Right. But faith and we'll, well keep you, again, we'll keep it, you involved it's about retained earnings and how, when, <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing. For the good of the shareholders and what they want to do. Yeah. But we are the shareholders. For the good of the shareholders, we are going to talk <laughs> about the Ohio Valley ballot. Um, oh, yes. And so, right, this it's official. Ohio's going to be it. voting on legalizing it in November. That is freaking awesome. And if you're from Ohio and tuning in, so are you. Uh, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really stoked. Uh, Ohio had a, they have a good number of dispensaries at 144 that have been issued because of their, um, uh, their medicals. They haven't all been opened yet, but uh, you know, here's the, the nitty gritty of it. Advocates collected the 127, 127,772 signatures that they needed, which was more than the 124,046 signatures to get on the ballot. Oh, yeah. uh, there you go. And they, they got a 10 day notice. And so like they were 700 signatures short and then they got a 10 day notice. That's right. That's right. And you know what though? Notices are in the cannabis industry all the time. But they, yeah, no, that's, that's unfortunate, no. right? Like they're always trying to control. No, it's good. The... It's, it's, it's called due process. You will get notice and a reasonable opportunity to re mm. respond. So that 10 gotcha. days is a reasonable opportunity to respond and you got notice of it. So like, we're going to give our app to the, uh, the the regs, the regulators, and they're going to be like, uh, your paperwork is in order, or we need to see this. And then they'll give us 10 days. But then there's a 60 day grace period to review. So they may just like email us back and forth for that 60 day period before hitting 10 days. Uh, as regulators are not supposed to create any undue burdens, they're supposed to administer the system. Allegedly. No, no, that's like, you can build this into your statutes. We can help. No, I don't forget. I just I was just say here Washington, watching how they the, just the, from the beginning of the rule process and then the transition. So many people lost their asses just because when you switch gears in the middle of like you know one momentum financially, a lot of people uh, lost out. And now, though, it seems that we've plateaued kind of sort of with how the rulemaking is going. So, and but though still, uh, I see your point out our our. our uh, our uh, Facebook page. Uh, I put recently posted a, an article. There was a raid on an Indian reservation. Um, oh. I believe it's called White Earth. Uh, mm -hmm. But I posted it to that Facebook group if people want to check it out. It's in Minnesota, a tribe in Minnesota that, again, sovereign nation, sovereign land. I don't know how the logistics of this uh, is still okay well, that they got the, raided. The DEA is not going to be enforcing their rules over there are they can the DEA no this was a state raid sovereign land state this was raid. state oh. yeah so and then here in washington we had a raid too but it was our governing body the uh, washington state liquor control board uh raided an unlicensed uh, uh shop down in tacoma so uh you know some enforcement i understand like that one you just you're, you're working in a state that unless you actually have medical guys and doing the medical uh, you know, premise and doing all the rules of that way, you're screwed. But the the pot shop on the nation on uh, sovereign land, that's that should have been safe. So I don't know what's going on in Minnesota, man. That's but. the thing, you know, because like that's one of the biggest loopholes. And so you hear the sovereign nation they call, but then like I just they they don't typically become clients. And so like they're but they're everywhere. And then they always want in, and they're always like leading the charge which is just amazing. And so they're going to take it good, you know, get some money. Uh, why yeah. aren't they considered social equity? Shouldn't that be like wrapped into the system? Yeah. And because like, that's how veterans typically get in. And that's also how like Biotrack THC got into Illinois. It's called rent seeking behavior. You write yourself mm. into the statute and then it's like putting money as time goes forward. Well, here, here in Washington state, the state actually did uh they have a, a negotiation a uh, a treaty with the with the local the nation here 
as far as uh, competitive prices go. So I never heard of any other state doing uh, a treaty with uh, any of the uh, tribes in their state. So I never understood why they kind of asked for permission to grow either hemp or even cannabis opposed to like what alcohol has done to, you Correct. know, not just the and then people. Let's, let's talk about that. There's a yeah. new story that we have, and this one isn't trending. And it is an ironic shit I wasn't expecting. Um, we're about halfway through. And then, so we'll hit a name that strain maybe in about 10. So let's hit a bumper now and go to this yeah. story out of normal.org. Shout out to normal. They're the shit. You should give them money. And there it is. Analysis following. Analysis out of normal.org. Healthcare insurance premiums don't go down after medical cannabis legalization. Go frickin' figure. This is from normal. They sent out a press release on August 17th. Medical cannabis legalization is associated with a reduction in the average cost of healthcare, uh, healthcare premiums, according to data published in the International Journal of Drug Policy. So all use is medical legalized use, right? for medical use and watch healthcare premiums go down because you're less at risk. Yeah. What it's, it's to have a holistic option. Why, why not try something that you actually have an endocannabinoid system? Why not, why not try and see your anxiety, pain, whatever it is that's treating, you know, it's a, it's a multi faceted plant, but you have to I get give it. a chance. Yeah. Well, here's why not. Because if it was legal nationwide for medical purposes, uh, they would conservatively expect to see a savings of $16.8 billion a year in healthcare premiums. Now, that's uh, yeah. interesting. So you're telling me that think about all the costs of the um, the costs of enforcement of the law and all their arrests and whatnot. And so if you can save on those, you still get an additional almost $17 billion of healthcare premium savings because people are less at risk. Well, you know, it's funny. We don't think about whenever they figure out the factors of what this drug war is as a cost us, you know, most people don't consider that, right? Like it would be a medicinal option for you, a wellness option first, you know, so it would save our economy. It would save our, uh, you know, people are aging, you know, uh, community and to have an option to just live better you know and and then like you said the cost of law enforcement and then perhaps uh uh you know the incarceration itself i mean there's so many things that any prohibition will just uh benefit our society right like we've totally. seen it in other countries right well, you know what we, we didn't really put in our slack? In other countries we are kind of like the country leader in cannabis i mean there's like portugal Sure. I would but say then Portugal. It, it, they don't really have a market, though. Like, we're the leaders in uh, adult use commercialized cannabis. That's what you're saying. Well, that's yeah. as far as like the leaders of having an industry. But, you know, when it comes to like the, the wellness of like just the, the citizens. Uh, there is a public policy argument to be made about the way to legalize it, like Europe's legalizing it, especially like if you look at Germany and uh, or. Um, one of those smaller countries in Europe uh, that would legalize it just for personal consumption, like, you know, just for medicinal use by yourself, but ban any commercial aspect to it. So that kind of like goes back to how Michigan started to do it, like way back in the day in the day in like 2008 and shit, or even before it might've been 2006. Um, but, you know, should you have non-commercialized medicinal use for the cannabis plant? I think yes. And then can you have commercial adult use? Of course, you know, uh, but why yeah. would medical cannabis use then be different than regular drug use, like pharmaceutical legal drug use, where go watch the evening news tonight, everybody. You will see a commercial for Ozempic with a lady who is battling uh, gravity and also diabetes will be dancing. And uh, you'll wonder, like, how is that lawful? That is, we're okay. We can we can make them unhealthy and sell them a pill, to, and then they'll be dancing their asses off while they watch the local news. Oh shit! They're smoking a flower. Arrest them. Well, I just love the uh, commercials too that have the disclaimer that includes death or some sort of bleeding internal. 
You're like, what? Why is this legal? Why is this FDA approved? You just say shit real fast at the end of the commercial and everybody's okay? I mean... I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah I know why. I know. It has to do with money. So, uh, yeah. in money news, we will do some some money news then. In money news, Poseidon Cannabis ETF shuts down after less than two years from its launch. And so this was on August the 14th. Advisor shares Poseidon Dynamic Cannabis Exchange Traded Fund ETF, which is managed by Paxia, sibling founders of California-based hedge fund Poseidon Investment Management, is shutting down less than two years after launching. Now, this is only because the ticker was down nearly 90% since it launched in November 21 on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol PSDN, declining from $9.33 to a buck. I just always find it amazing how people manage to raise money over bullshit. It's like uh, NTF stuff or... Oh, um, okay. There is theory, and so this is like getting into like the management of company and like investment stuff, and Slobodan's really good at this shit. And so mm. we have a nice team. But um, so uh, do you support the valuation model of growth or do you support the valuation model of value-based investment based on uh, cash flows and their discounted analysis? Uh, and so like that, mm. uh, that type of shit is what we'll be discussing at the board yeah. or at Brax, you know? It's be fun. Yeah. But- but but really it comes down there's a lot of like the cash flow thing again it's about resources right like this is why amazon Amazon says that they're going to grow and so like we're going to sure we're going to spend more money but we're going to be growing our canopy under management so it it justifies it and if that's your thesis for the um, the the industry and it's wrong you're going to have these types of things where you're going to spend 1.5 billion dollars to make 1.2 billion dollars and that you're just going to get throttled by the growth because it moves in cannabis time like Mm. cannabis especially illegal cannabis is not Amazon or Facebook. It's not code, yeah. you know? No, I, I, I mean, definitely. I just think, I think like, like that, that ETF failure, you just have companies that are still trying to branch that in between and it's kind of hard to do until it's totally legal. You can't have this consistent blockchain or, or establish because it needs to be recognized. Because it's money laundering. Because it's literally money laundering. Like, <laughs> There is like, we could be like, uh, and I hate it. Like, you know, like we have the little disclaimer at the beginning and it's like, sorry, but you realize yeah. that I think that as soon as we become operational, um, it, we will allocate a fund for the payment of IRS taxes that will be due because we're a dispensary. So we're going to get spanked, spanked, right. bro. But we're a C Corp, all right. And so uh, we will then open up an account if we're if it, we can, uh, an interest-bearing um, fixed income that pays us ten percent. Uh, and so if the IRS comes after us, the penalties are six percent. So we're already ahead six percent. Then we will hire lawyers, and then those lawyers will be paid out of this fund of unpaid taxes. <laughs> hey, hey. Dude, I've been waiting for this for a minute. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but, uh, speaking of waiting for a minute, um, should we get to yeah. a name that strain? Or, oh know, yeah, bang it, bang it, Yeah, but you could, you got stuff to say. Oh no, I just can't admin nothing here. So I'm just, oh, dude, right. I've been smoking this goddamn thing for a week. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit, I'm on 83 percent right now. Oh, you're good. And so yeah, yeah, yeah we're solid. Week is on 83 percent battery. Yay. Yeah, I'm on my so, phone, by the way, people. Guess yeah. weed. Yeah, he is. And I'm in the studio. And, if, and, and not only that, I got one of these cameras. Where... Yeah, I love the Care Bear. It'll follow me around. Oh, that, that somebody wanted. So that was that was put here on purpose. Somebody said, I want this on the show. And I go, no problem. It'll it's happen on some particular Sunday. I might not tell you because I have no idea who made it. Um, yeah. But anyway. I want to say thank you to Bush, Washington Budco. Dude, this is oh. well, it's 14 grams. Wow. I've been taking this damn thing for a week now, but I finally was like, I guess I just 14 smoke it grams all is a half O, a half O cigar. Like, I, I was, uh, I, I saw cigars today. I'm like, I haven't had one of those in like a year. Um, but it's really hot now, like in, in Peoria. It'll be uh, 100 degrees for the next week because that's what happens in Illinois, August. 
And then, you know what else happens? We, we guess weed on this podcast. And if this is your Thank first you time joining us. Right, right. If you're first time joining us, Miggy will do the, the music and I will remind you to like and subscribe uh, and say, boy, have you lost weight? You're looking, you're looking fantastic. Okay, let's guess some weed. That's the strain we're going to do. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. She is a pretty strain. If you're tuning in uh, via audio and driving, I apologize because you're missing a very pretty strain. Um, this one does look like it's a fresh cut, and so it has not yet been dried out, but uh, ready to be harvested. Looks indica-y. Look at that. It's got Super that uh, golf sticky. poly. Yes, it's got a lot of the frosting and then the kind of golf yeah. ball size or like the ball oh, yeah. uh, kind of round compact nugget structure that is prominent in uh uh cushions but this, uh, this of, one uh, is interesting uh, and so yeah it uh, hearing about it and so it's bred by house of cultivar that is its uh breeder oh. and this is a cross this is a cross between grape pie and thin mint gsc so there you go uh, a grape pie and a thin mint gsc we definitely have some indica uh, lineage in that and you can see it in its bud structure and it also looks like if you grew it in just the right way you'd have some severe purpling on your hands i just, I just think that'd be like a trimmer's nightmare right because they're gonna be all sticky at the end everything's gonna be all gummy oh. up. <laughs> well <laughs> you know, the, like... the trimmers are gonna have gloves on and then in theory yeah. uh, they should only be coming into contact with it after it's you know because you don't want that chlorophyll getting on everything i might be biased thinking that you don't want the chlorophyll getting on anything if you like trimmed it that wet but um i wouldn't trim it wet i could be wrong if i'm wrong tell me but uh let's see if we actually that's, got this one that's a let's seattle see. brand too. i have to first look at what the name of the strain is okay interesting interesting everybody that's what it is and it is a hybrid frosted grapes pie slur cane gsc master kush white rhino cereal milk frosty something or other looks like a cake he is right the cake parents are definitely there it the cake name is not in it and so let's go oh. back to the name and i'll look at the name it is a baked good but it ain't cake you can find it at starbucks and again right, with its with its parents being like great pie sounds like it's gonna have that purpling with that berry kind of like you know you've smelled it like i really like it reminds me of point break i just think because mm. it has the same type of like uh aroma not that i've gotten to have this strain i mean it sounds great house cultivar and yeah, no, uh, it, it, let me let me just go check and see if we got somebody big pie cookie kush cookie kush all right i think i think we can wrap up this name that strain by adding this one to the stream and then uh saying oops let me just go to the, the actual leafly on it and and we can go from there there we are sugar berry scones Oh. And so the sugarberry scones is the answer. If you went with that, great work. Uh, it's a hybrid strain, genetic cross between grape pie and thin mint school, uh, Girl Scout cookies, 22% THC on uh, estimations. And it is ideal for experienced customers, they say, of course. Uh, creative forecast and uplisted. It helps with depression, anxiety, and stress. Bred by House of Cultivar. Features flavors like buddy, butter, honey, and vanilla. And the diamond terpene on that strain is caryophylline. Check out some sugarberry scones, everybody. What do you think about like whenever you say like this plant is good for like stress or something? I th I think like it just varies because of our endocannabinoid system, you know. Like oh, some people, I disagree. Like, and yeah. I disagree for the same reason why you can say that take this Tylenol, it should help with mm. uh, fever reduction and uh, anti-inflammation. And yeah. so, like the caryophylline, the myrcene, um, the terpenoline the limonene, uh, the, the THC percentage, the CBD percentage, the, the, the micro, you know, uh, cannabinoids as well in there, all of them do something. And so then if you have it fairly standardized in the sense that you know what strain you likes for what you're going for, uh, it becomes easier because then you can look at that strain and be like, oh, it's related to these plants and it has these particular uh, strain, uh, terpenes and stuff. So that's, I, I think it goes to that, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Uh, it makes more sense. But that's about that, one right? of the things that we're going to do at the dispensary is we're going to have a um, 
uh, uh, scholarship. And so like, there's going to be benefits for cool. being an employee there. Uh, well, you, you have to understand how taxes work. It'll, I'll, I'll explain it to you as you get more of these benefits as well. And one of them is that, you know, you, you can pay these benefits and not have to pay as many taxes, especially if we win that case to invalidate the legality of it. But, um, uh, anyway, uh, so it's, it's just I, an offset. When, when we do open our store, what I've learned is if we do have cigars, so this cigar came in this kind of cool little, little stem thing. Yeah, oh, that thing look, sucks. They'll be here eventually. I know some guys, we could probably buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of them. Um, because like they do, ex I think I've seen that. I'm not sure if they're shipping, but I can call Ambrose and be like, dude, you got that? And we're going to have him on the show. Be like, Hey, it's like one of the things that we're going to do to maybe like put some money up before we have to get, you know, done is that we would try to sell some self shelf space. Yeah. Because if like 10% of our shelf space is worth $350,000, you know, you could sell it for, you know, $200,000. And then if you sell that now, it's like, look, we're going to buy $350,000 with your product. If you loan us 200 grand right now. And then um, that helps us get open without having to give up as much control. And also it fixes their problem because you know what the number one problem with like raising money for the growers is, especially mm -hmm. if they're pre-revenue, they're pre-revenue. And if they make that deal with us, they ain't pre-revenue no more. They got revenue. We're going to buy that shit. Thank you for the loan. And then we're going to go get operational. Okay. And then you tell us when we're going to supposed to put that, put that on our shelves. Well, I think yep. this is just be a little excessive though. This is just kind of like a novelty item. Like I, it would probably, if I were to buy this in the store, it'd be like a hundred bucks. And yeah, but yeah. then like, it's one of those deals where we don't have to buy only that. I mean, they're going to have a mix of products. And so you just yeah. buy their mix of products and then they would be the featured craft grower for the month. Oh, that's a great idea. I like that. Oh, dude, just give them away. That's all right. We'll get open one day. Yeah. <laughs> one day. Uh, one day. Any more stories? Keep tuning what in. What up, Chad? Of course we'd have a... What's up, Chad? Hopefully you're holding things down over there. Oh, oh, hey. Um, one of the things that we should probably have, and we're just hitting up Gotchapreneur all the time. Uh, I just wish that we had like a record, like that needle, like a you know, like where the record drops and it makes it a little stops. like squish. And you're just like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. And then it's uh, it's out of the oh, Gondrepreneur again. We've been re representing them big time this week. Alabama Medical Cannabis Licensing on hold again. Thank you. And so, yeah, after a judge granted another temporary restraining order on Thursday, after several companies claimed the regulators had violated the state's open meeting laws. Can you believe that noise? But uh, Alabama is one of the worst, most corrupt rig. Like, this is everything that's wrong. Um, with medical cannabis where it's just so limited. It's just so, so limited that the only thing that happens is people fight about it. And then they gave out so few licenses and they made those licenses apply to only so many people. So like they're just telegraphing the big rich person and it's all a pissing contest for who's the wealthiest that you're gonna bleed yeah. money on this for years. And then you're gonna probably have a true leaf-esque uh monopoly because you were the you were able to lose the most money so like this is one of those deals where if we were we can just get open it's not, not that much. Uh, right. these guys it's like give me 20 million dollars just a bitch just a well, bitch and bleed everybody so that we can get open and they can't and then we have the monopoly well, you got Mississippi too going on, so I imagine those two are going to have a little bit of a race to the stupid contest. But um, you know, with Alabama, I, I, you know, these rollouts that are coming out because they require like the medical side of things. Here in Washington State, we did it like the libertarian type thing, and yeah, Oklahoma did the same thing until they actually created some sort of weird governing board, which um, I don't still don't get the bloody of it, but. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of, could they roll it out in like a libertarian fashion saying, you know, it's legal now. We don't need your, for a medical, you know, permission to be like a collective medical garden. Medical still is about 30% of the market share in a state, unless they like actively stamp it out. And so I wish that we could sell medical too, you know, and then right. I, there's just no way that the people that have the medical licenses would ever agree to that because they got this thing and they're not giving away for nothing. Um, and that's all right, because that's Illinois, you know, there are rules. Yeah. Sometimes they benefit particular people. Uh, but the here's, a, here's another, sure. another story. Let's see how Minnesota is going to roll it out. The regulators are Don't starting you know. to talk. 
don't you know? Yeah, so the, the you can buy cannabis with hot dish, and so uh, the OCM they're going to also have an office of cannabis manage, management, and they're trying to get the word out. They're going to assess the business needs and evaluate. Uh huh. Great. I need to start going to these things. Sixteen different types of licenses. Lots of testing. It'll be interesting to see how this kind of comes out. 51 member cannabis advisory council. That is a lot of beaks that need to get wet and people that are going to <laughs> yeah. be trying to uh, wow. uh, curry favor under. Wow. Which is I mean, interesting. Yeah. What state is this again? This is Minnesota. And so like, hey, Jeez. Minnesota, call us, eh? Uh, wait, I'm sorry. You're not Canadian, but uh, I'll, I'll, we'll be visiting. <laughs> We're going to be in Minnesota twice at least next year, but we should have events there where we try to help. And, oh, um, what's nothing, the population bro. in Minnesota? Just, just after this, you get done with this. Are you turning in for Delta 8 right now? Totally. Way to do. That's nice. But um, <laughs> don't forget to like go back to the beginning of this. And so the first 10 minutes is all about Delta 8 and why it was a, yeah. this Minnesota article is like better. That's why. Oh, yeah, yeah. Delta was much to do about nothing. Uh, Minnesota's governing is uh, weird, man. 54 sounds like, is it like a third of the population? I mean, that's a huge-ass council. Though, to like, uh, no, the huge. population of Minnesota is 5.7 million, and so they're going to have okay. transition in early 2025. That's good, because we want, there's like 16 different types of licenses. And so here we are. Uh, rules. A year of rules. Welcome to the year of rules, Minnesota. We will be doing oh stuff God. about the Minnesota rules, eh? And then we'll also play some hockey. And then uh, we're going to have a hot dish. But uh, I, I should I shouldn't tease them. I mean, some of my family. Is the hot dish like the weird fishy shit they, they eat? No, no, that's the lutefisk. And so the hot dish okay. is just um, a casserole. Do you have casseroles in Seattle? I love casseroles. Just ask. You don't get sure. this girlish figure by not having a casserole once or twice. Say. Casseroles are good, especially <laughs> if it's negative 20 outside. And then there's going to be a coordination with the Minnesota Reviser of Statutes. Oh, they might shave some things. Uh, intent of a public adoption in 2024, late 2024. So about a year from now, public comment. Great 30 days of public comments. Uh, 14 days from that, public notice of adoptions, spring of 2025. Government Governor has option wow. to veto. Okay, so you're telling me that we're not going to be doing uh, an application round in Minnesota until spring 25? They got time to get it done, but um, they got time to get it done. And so let's, come on, man. Yes. You, you legalize it and then you say, we'll do it. We'll get to it in two years, eh? But it seems a very, like, middle America type thing. Even though I'm like, we'll, we'll worry about the rules later, eh? <laughs> You got your, you got your weed. You get your wacky tacky. Your, your devil's lettuce. You know, we're, we're not sending you to jail no more. We'll just get the rules out later. But it, you know, that's one, the thing about cannabis, though. When you give this kind of pass to people, they take it upon themselves to create the culture and the infrastructure that's gonna eventually gonna be there. You know, somehow they have to figure out how to squeeze that out. But you know, in this end time, uh, it's solidifying itself without actual rules it's gonna happen no matter what it will yeah it will um and uh, what are we gonna do about that that's that's really the thing that i want to know you know uh yeah so one of the things is let's not all freak out man let's not do that and here's why uh because uh, marijuana use is not associated with elevated risk of heart attack that's right normal.org coming to the rescue again normal that's n-o-r-m-l if you haven't donated to them, you should. We can, uh, you can find us over at the NLC. I really want to go to their Aspen or Key West conferences one day. And uh, with your help, I will be financially stable enough to do so. But uh, uh, normal, right. they say the marijuana use not associated with elevated risk of heart attack. This is out of August 17th. Very cool. I mean, and again, There's I just so what Willie Nelson and Mm -hmm. Chong and any other old stoner just wait for them to croak they usually do in their 90s which <laughs> why that's not noticed it's like you realize they live into their 90s right you're like what like random accidents kill you by your 80s but um Seriously. yeah 
And so look at this though, look at the size of the sample. 10,000 middle-aged subjects from 35 to 59. That's prime widowmaker age. And so compared to non-users, current cannabis consumers that had used marijuana monthly for the past year did not possess a higher risk of heart attack after researchers adjusted potential confounders, AKA meaning physical activity, BMI, alcohol, and cigarette use. Those who reported consistent monthly cannabis use for the past decade also posed no greater risk. Uh, that's right. Don't forget to work on your confounders before you say what a stat is. We've got a back to the Minnesota uh, story. Some of the same in Minnesota, you can gift cannabis, but what if I own a business? Can I gift for supporting my business? Is that kind of like back to the world? That's not gifting. That's t-shirts? selling. That's okay. not gifting. That's selling. And so, like, you're going to get into an issue. I'd say. Well, I'm saying the DC model, right? Where you can get like a a $25 sticker. Right, right. And so it's one of those $25 sticker models where it depends on the appetite of law enforcement. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and also I think the appetite of the the citizen is willing to to do that, right? To stand for that. Yeah, that's... I'd say that's a circle gets a square on that one, man. All right. But uh, that's it. That's our show for the day. Uh, you can find us over at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com or uh, that's that's if you need to talk to me. If you need the uh, memes and then the good stuff for the vibes, uh, go on over to our Facebook page. You will be asked if you are on drugs. It'll be Facebook.com backslash free THC and be like, no, I just want to see some memes and get some uh, updates as to cannabis legalization news. That's who we are over there. You can also follow us on Instagram at Cannabis Industry Lawyer uh, and um, wherever you get your podcasts, Cannabis Legalization News. The next thing is you can go get, if you want to get into the industry, here, I'll uh, link this out to you. How to win a cannabis license. Uh, We've won several of them. Here's how you do it. He's done it. He's doing it. Um, Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for joining us into the madness that is this podcast. And then uh, I'm going to be clicking X here in about uh, two and a half seconds. But first, there you go, kids. Uh, I'll see you next week. And then we'll let you know if once we get that conditional license, we'll, uh, we'll share that with you. Yes. All part of the story.